Well, here we are. The unexpected hour is at hand. This is the first Sunday of Advent. We prepare to celebrate the coming of our Savior some 21 centuries ago. To remember his life and to hear the word of God. And to prepare ourselves to be faithful Christians. Prepare each of us for different missions that God has given us. And also to prepare for our Lord's second coming. This is the start of a special time. Thanksgiving celebrations are just behind us. I don't think the turkey is quite gone yet, at least at my house. But we have a month of special days ahead of us. We have holiday worship services. We have live nativity uh, presentations. We have family gatherings, parties, office parties, pageants, all to look forward to. And at the same time, our consumer culture tries to drown out the real meaning of this season, this season of Advent. For many, it is simply a season of giving and receiving. A season of plastic and of tinsel. Ads try to drown out one another. Price matching. Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Walmart began their Black Friday almost a month ago. The media focus, focuses attention on the material aspects of the season. But we have a spiritual message in this season, and it's difficult for us to proclaim. It's difficult for us to proclaim in a world that is torn apart by violence and war. We need to always, always be reminded in this Advent season that our God, our God is a living God, and he is still speaking to us over all the noise that our, our culture and our civilization can make. God is still speaking to us. And God is still wanting us, wanting for us, the things that he sent Jesus to preach, to bring. A world without war, a world without discrimination, a world where we put the needs of others ahead of our own needs. Today's gospel that Deacon Beth just read, it talks about not only the past, but also the future. God reveals enough about the future to give us hope, but not so much that we don't have to walk and live in our faith each and every day. We have assurance about the things that are hoped for and a conviction about the things not seen. But what we don't have, my brothers and sisters, is a timetable. The scriptures don't tell us when that day will come. 
They don't tell us what to expect or when to expect the judgment. They don't tell us what to, to expect except that our Lord will come. In our gospel lesson this morning, we had three images, three little stories, vignettes, that Jesus gives us. There are many stories in which Jesus describes first Noah and the ark. And in the second, he describes everyday work, work in the field, two ladies grinding grain together. And finally, the final story is the homeowner who was robbed. And what ties these three scenes together is their normality. The everyday nature of the events that transpire. The people in Noah's time, they ate, they drank, they got married, and there was nothing remarkable in their lives until there was. And then it was too late. In the second scene, folks work in the field. They, they grind grain. Again, nothing remarkable until it is. And then it's over. In the third example, the man goes to sleep in his own house and he's burglarized. Nothing there that is unusual. Probably happened two or three times in Jacksonville last night. Nothing remarkable in these vignettes until there is. In hearing these words of Jesus in this gospel lesson this morning, they tend to create an uncertainty in our heart and in our mind. And when you get down to it, they're actually pretty scary. The theme in the lesson this morning is that of waiting. Waiting for our Lord's return. And what is it we're waiting for? What is this coming, that day and that hour? And we often get confused, maybe because of the memory of the flood. We all know the story of the flood. It killed everyone except for Noah's family. Killed all the animals and, and, and the birds. And it carries, the flood carries a very negative connotation. It destroys life. Just several weeks ago, we saw other floods in southwest Florida. 114 dead, and there are still people unaccounted for, missing. And so Jesus' words might frighten us. But more to the point, we have a negative connotation of these flood stories, as well as the others, of disappearance, of robbery. And they reinforce our fears. And the fact that floods and robberies and disappearances are still occurring 
that motivates and it feeds our fears today. There are people, you can turn on cable TV and find entire series about survivalists who are hoarding supplies and, and prepared to go into the wilderness at the first sign of any tragedy. You see, we have convinced ourselves listening to these apocalyptic words, we have convinced ourselves that something bad is coming. Terror, disease, bondage, pain, loss, judgment. And the hair on the back of our neck stands up and our antenna go up and we're on alert that something bad is going to happen. But we're on alert not so that we could greet something with open arms. We're on alert so that we can resist what's happening. Today we live in great anticipation. A few short years ago, we were in a time when the risk of terrorism was color-coded. And it triggered different levels of security at airports and at other public facilities. And just a few short months ago, we were on another system of, of red alerts indicating severe risks due to COVID-19. Green, yellow, orange, red, all based on viral contagion. And red alerts have become part of our culture of fear. And exaggerated threats are part of our culture of fear today. Confidence. Our society has confidence that we can predict the future. Or at least get ready for it. And we can't even predict the weather for the Jaguars game this afternoon. Yet we think we can predict the future. We are not able to read the signs because of our culture of fear. Now, maybe this Advent, we are called to resist that culture of red alerts. Maybe we're called to humble admission, admitting the fact that we cannot know the unexpected. Maybe we are called to resist the apocalyptic fear. Maybe we're called to resist the laws of self-preservation and greet the unpredictable future. Each of us greet the unpredictable future as we would greet a newborn child with open arms. With mindfulness, not paranoia. With anticipation, yes, but with hope as well. My brothers and sisters, this is the gift that Advent gives us. And we need to receive that gift. Take it into our hearts. Just as we greet the unpredictable, filled with the hope. 
We look forward with great anticipation to the Lord's coming. Jesus Christ himself. That's who we're greeting with our open arms. And today as we prepare to celebrate the first coming of our Lord, the revelation of God that he brought to us, we can now await his coming again in which we will be able to experience the full realization of God's love. And the preparation for this begins today, the first day of our liturgical year. As we live into the promises of our own baptismal covenant. Now I'm going to ask you to do something a little unusual. I'm going to ask you to reach into your, in the little uh, pocket in front of you in the back of the pew and take out a prayer book, a red book. And if you will, open it to page 304. We're so used to using bulletins, you may need to blow the dust off. Page 304, about three-quarters of the way down on the page is where I will begin. And this is what we need to do to receive the gift of Advent. To continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and prayers, we need to persevere in resisting evil. And when we fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord. We must proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ. As we seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving our neighbors as ourselves. Does that sound familiar? Continuing to strive for justice, and that is the inclusion of all of God's people. As we strive for justice and peace among all people. Respecting the dignity of every human being. That's what we're called to do as we prepare in this Advent. We, you see, are made new creatures in our Lord Jesus Christ. And we now start a new liturgical year, and we wait, and we hope, and we love, and we live with great anticipation, not fear. We live into God's great salvation story through the love and grace of Christ Jesus our Lord. My brothers and sisters, this, this is the advent that God desires for us. This is the advent that God desires for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.